I think if we need to examine our true identity, we need to ask ourselves this pertinent question. Who is Jesus to you? And if we honestly want to answer this question, let's put all the theologies aside. And let's define Jesus in personal terms, in terms of our intimate relationship with him. How do we perceive Jesus? And if we fail to have a right perception of Jesus, our relationship with him will never be authentic. So today, Jesus put this question to his disciples. Who do people say the Son of Man is? They will identify him as one of the greatest prophets, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the greatest prophets. Yes, the characteristics of these prophets could be found in Jesus, but Jesus is more than these. So it is not enough to be able to say what people have said about Jesus, what theologians have said about Jesus. It is important for us to form our own perception and understanding of him based on our personal relationship with him. And so Jesus asks them personal question. What about you? You have been with me for three, almost three years, and who do you say that I am? And as usual, Simon Peter, acting as a spokesperson, said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That understanding was never clear. The people never perceived Jesus as a son of God. But where did Peter get this kind of intuition? And that is why Peter said, it's not Jesus says, it's not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. It is through the instrumentality of the Holy Spirit that Peter was able to identify Jesus as the Son of God and the Messiah. He said, I also tell you, you are Peter. And Jesus plays on the meaning of his name. Peter, or Kepha, meaning rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. The church that Jesus is going to establish from the cross will be on the foundation of the apostles headed by Peter. And he goes on to say the unthinkable. And I will give you the keys to the gate of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you lose in heaven on earth is loose in heaven. The one who has the keys. You know, if you see the picture or portrait of St. Peter, you see him with a huge key. Supposedly the key to heaven. And the key to heaven is not just an ordinary key. It is the ability to teach and to direct people to the kingdom. Because we cannot get into the kingdom with just a mere key that somebody stands there open and locks. No. 
It is about having the right doctrine, having the right experience with our Lord Jesus Christ. And that mandate is an apostolic mandate given to them by Jesus Christ. The one that has a key has the ability to give you the guidelines that will enable you to enter the kingdom of the Father. And that is a privilege given to Peter and his successors, the popes. And that is why when we say that when the Pope speaks as cathedra, in other words, when he speaks as a true and genuine successor of Peter in that capacity, he is guided by the Holy Spirit so that the gates of hell shall never prevail against the church. You know, the church has... Uh, spoke about certain things uh, whether it's a social issue whether it's a moral issue whether it's a theological issue it has got a bashing from the media and from other people and have you wondered why in spite of all these things the church is still blowing because the gate of hell shall never be able to prevail against it but Jesus did not end there he talks about his passion he talks about his suffering. He talks about his crucifixion and the resurrection. And immediately Peter draws him and says, uh -uh, Lord, don't say that. So Peter was able to proclaim Jesus as the son of the living God. He didn't have a genuine understanding of the work of the Messiah. And so Jesus sees... Peter's action as reiterating the action of Satan after the baptism of Jesus and the Spirit leading him to the desert and being tempted by the devil who tried to derail God's plan for our Lord Jesus Christ by trying to set his mind to worldly things. So Peter becomes uh, a kind of uh, reappearance or resurfacing of the devil in Matthew chapter 4. But then Jesus says, get behind me, Peter. What does that mean? When Jesus called the apostles, he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Following Jesus is getting behind him. To learn from him. Peter has not graduated yet. He still needs to learn. Get behind me. So that you get a better perspective of who the Messiah is. The Messiah is to suffer. So that he will fulfill the prophecy of Jeremiah in the first reading. I will make a new covenant. And that covenant is not like the old one where your ancestors violated the covenant. I'll put my law in their heart and nobody will teach them to know God. Putting the commandment in the heart is the cleansing effect of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace-filled moment of our Lord Jesus Christ. And indeed, Matthew in chapter 26 is going to highlight that. At the last supper when Jesus took the cup, he said, this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant. And that is the new covenant. 
The covenant sealed in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The covenant that set us free. The covenant that makes us children of God. The covenant that brings about adoption. Not based on hereditary. Not based on the fact that we are Jewish. But based on the fact that God has made that possible in reaching out to us. May the Holy Spirit strengthen us to have a stronger perception of Jesus and to identify with him as our savior, the one who has the capacity to lead us to God's kingdom. And that we will bury our pride and open up to the teachings that is thought through the church, through the apostolic succession of those who sit on the throne of Peter. Amen.